As we began in the last weekend of 2018 up until now, and the various messages are designed to overlap and, and you know, are part of the building, uh, you know, design uh, of 2019. Not necessarily new truths, but truths to be emphasized, as the Holy Spirit often does that. He emphasizes a truth for a period of time uh, so that it becomes a deposit in our life and that out of that deposit there comes a flow and uh, a flow that reaches beyond ourselves uh, but it flows into as rivers to places that are dry, places that are need of uh, a, a drink thirsty arenas and troubled spots, troubled spots. You know, there are many troubled spots uh, that are not hard to recognize. And uh, Jesus came into a troubled world and he's left us here in the troubled world to carry on what he began. Uh, so anyway, um, Today, uh, we're going to talk about getting our joy back, and it's God's care act that, you know, he has designed for us, and uh, last two weeks was, of course, the container in the content, and uh, now getting and talk about joy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I don't know, did you, everyone, those that can, I gave you some joy scriptures, all right, that I think really validate a case for joy, okay? A case for joy, and that's the idea this morning. Because he cares for you. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The passage of scripture that we're familiar with, you know what I mean? And, and Nehemiah, uh, you know, is addressing them. Uh, and as, you know, great restoration has been taking place and the wall has been built and yet there is a, there's a sadness in their hearts uh, and they're crying. They're crying for various reasons. They're crying over their mistakes and, you know, the, the, the uh, relationship, how it had fallen apart with God and, and uh, uh, they're weeping about the situation because they had drifted so far from God and now they're returning and uh, in that brokenness, the tears were, were flowing, and yet here, uh, Nehemiah is trying to remind them that though as a wife they had broken those vows, yet the groom, even Jesus Christ, stands dressed in purity to take her back without hesitation. And so he encourages them uh, that rather than sorrow rejoice for your forgiveness your status and your place amen hallelujah think about that church today you know what i mean yes we all have our failures but you know god 
is calling his church to recognize, you know, the great things he has done. And uh, so therefore, uh, what's the next verse? Therefore, you will, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, may the God of hope, you know, this is one of my favorites, fill you all, all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And many other verses, you know, we will, we will uh, be talking about uh, and allude to. All right? So, I believe it's time to nurture a joyful spirit. It says in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3 that with joy you shall draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Joy is more than just you know, a feeling, though it is indeed that. Joy in this case, Isaiah chapter 12, is your bucket. It's your bucket from, by which you, you know, add to or raise all of that which is in that, that well of salvation. It's a bucket. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw. So think of it as a bucket from that, from that standpoint. Why? Because we aren't merely to pass through this life. We are meant to live excitedly about life. Life here. All and also the life here after. A life that's meant to be filled with joyous and abundance. You have heard the phrase, live and learn. I want to recommend this morning, learn and live. Learn and live. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Joy is essential to Christian living. Joy that can't be quenched. A peace that can't be taken away. And a happiness that can't be threatened. It's a holy gladness. Yes, that comes from God. Amen? And this is so important because emotions have an influence in how we live. The responses that we take and the impact that circumstances have on us. We are talking about a joy this morning of the Lord that's unceasing unwavering and powerful. Yes, a joy that comes from a place that has an element of eternal peace with God, always in right standing, you know, and rather than that which is external and fleeting. But I will say here that external things do contribute Jody and Clayton just came back from a joyous thing, a joyous event that contributes, you know. 
So this joyous attitude has an impact on our lives. Things can change, but you can change your attitude. Amen? The new wine of the Holy Spirit, who is the executive arm of God in the earth today, the element of him is joy. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a is joyful. <coughs> Amen? Amen? And this joy is essential because there is a complexity of life. Amen? Yes. Changes, circumstances, situations. Things don't always work as we had expected, at least in our time frame. They do work as God expected in his time frame. Yes. Hallelujah. So when we start talking about joy, it's more than a pleasant feeling. This joy is an explosive change. The Holy Spirit works in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives that transforms who we are and every aspect of how we live. This joy is based upon God's goodness. It derives itself from the foundation of relationship. Relationship with him. Identifying joy. It is an encompassing state of well-being in which we are energized to live confident, positive-minded, based upon God's word. In many ways, joy is a perspective, but it is also a key. It is a primary motivator in Life. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the Father, rested until the Father finished things. So, we will not try to, do, to divide happiness and joy this morning, because they certainly go together. But happiness could be described as the foreground of your feelings, while joy is your long-term assessment that's anchored in faith. Joy looks out and up, not inwardly. It is found more in giving than and in serving, giving and serving, rather than in re. Receiving. 
It is more than just the result of happy circumstances. But I love happy circumstances. Amen? And joy is an option. It's available to us. Absolutely. It was Oliver Wender Holmes, and, you know, not that we should go by him, but he said something interesting. He said, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergy I knew had not looked and acted more like undertakers. Than <laughs> okay. Yep. Amen. So as we approach the subject of joy today, we are talking about the wall that Nehemiah, our foundation scripture, comes from that. And I'm convinced and I believe that joy is like a wall that you build around your life to prevent joy stealers, to prevent, you know, the, the thief from stealing, you know, your life, your destiny, your, your purpose. To build a wall to prevent the enemy from stealing because he comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so when you hear the word of God preached, and sometimes it touches home, you know, respond to it more as an opportunity for a renewal of your marriage vows rather than the sadness of your failure. Think about it. I believe that there's a, there's a, a good, and it's good to have remorse and, you know, a sense that brings us to repentance about our failures. But we must get up from that altar of repentance and begin to clothe ourselves with the garment of praise and joy. Amen? Hallelujah. So there are times when we must do a joy review because joy is a spiritual barometer of our spiritual health. And I have talked to you and how I have been going through the restoration. You know what I mean? I wasn't sad. You know, I wasn't discouraged. None of those elements were there. But, you know, ah, life was getting boring. Work was getting, you know, unexciting. Something was missing. I needed joy for some animation. I needed joy for some inspiration. Joy stealers. What care, what thought, what burden is keeping you away from the fullness of joy today? There are many things that steal our joy. Can be marriage problems, painful relationships, health concerns, financial struggles, struggles, 
just daily stresses and strains of life. All of those things come and they can have an effect upon us. You see, trials harden those whom it does not soften. And joy will help us so that we do not become hardened. Yes, because we have everything that we need for our joy today. The forgiveness of sins, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, purpose for living, and the assurance of an eternity with God. Hallelujah. So, we can make a choice, each of us, every day, for joy. By not letting the joy stealers like worry, bitterness, guilt, negativity, and even busyness steal our joy. Sometimes it's comparison that steals our joy. Mark Twain said, this is not a Christian quote, but it's a good life quote. Comparison is the death of joy. Yeah. He that compareth themselves among themselves is not wise. We are together people. We are not opposites. No. So those things and wrong attitudes can steal your joy, whether it's your own attitude or somebody else's. Sometimes you can be happy and get with a poor attitude and all of a sudden, uh-oh, joy starts being drained, drained out. Busyness. Busyness that leads to prayerlessness will steal your joy. If you happen to lean toward criticalness and complaining, that is guaranteed to be a hole in your bucket of joy. Fact is, Philippians 2 and 14 says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Don't complain about it and quit arguing. Hallelujah. All right. Something that will steal your joy is offense or being offended. Let's put it that way. Being offended. And Paul said this was so important. He recognized it that he said that I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and Men, Acts 24 in 16. Isn't that interesting that you get offended at men and maybe today you're offended at God? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? But you see, you know what I mean? The emotions, which are a valid and vital part of us, can steal what God has invested in us. Faith, 
hope and love. Absolutely. Praise God. Now, if you must be busy, and you will be, be busy joyfully. Be busy, busy joyfully. The joy of the Lord. Let me discuss a couple. The prison of anxiety. This is not a psychological psychology moment, church. This is the biblical truth, you know, learning to live. Anxiety. Anxiety of the mind. What happens when anxiety comes, it has limited windows to see from. It keeps you from the dark. It does not let the light in. With anxiety of the mind, you can't see resolutions. You can't discover the opportunities that are lying before you. In anxiety, is, there is no privacy. Think about it. In anxiety, panic arrives. In anxiety, pessimism walks through the door. In anxiety, there is a lack of following through. It's a prison. Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. Absolutely. He says, don't let yourself have perpetual anxiety. No. When anxiety begins to try to make its way in, get into prayer. Get into relationship and communion with, with the Lord. And give him thanks while you're doing it. And then let, let him know what your requests are. The one song that we sing and passages of scripture that back it up is, is deliver me from mine enemies. It's okay to ask for de deliverance. How about the liability of stress? Yes, it's a normal part of life. But chronic stress is unhealthy. It's unhealthy. With stress, in chronic stress, you can do good things without joy. Yes. But you want to do good things with joy. When you get so stressed you're hard to deal with absolutely God has a prescription for all of this that prescription is to reclaim your joy reclaim your joy 
get the sun light back in your life. Because you don't just find joy, you create joy. Yes. It's an attitude. We're going to learn and live. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Stimulate joy by rejoicing. Absolutely. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 and 6, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's an acronym for that I'd like to submit to you today. It's called CALM. And this scripture bears it out. Number one, he says, celebrate. Celebrate. Rejoice in the Lord. When anxiety comes in, knocks at your door, begin to celebrate the goodness of God. Amen? And then not only do that, but he says, you need to ask. Ask for help. Ask for help and everything by prayer and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And thirdly, he says, leave the problem to God. Leave it to him. Be anxious for nothing that the peace of God be with you. Amen? Hallelujah. And then he says, meditate. Meditate. Think on things that are good, that are noble, that are positive. All right? Amen. You don't have to think on the others. They'll come by all on their own. But you'll have to take a specific initiative to go ahead and think, you know, on the good things. Amen, church? Praise God. Because invariably, whether you're a singer or not a singer, Your victory will come with a song. Hallelujah. A song that you can sing because you believe that God oversees the affairs of your life. That I will never leave you or I'll never forsake you. I trust that there is good that will come because God is is good. Amen? Hallelujah. So, calm. Celebrate. Ask. Leave. And meditate. Praise the Lord. And so many scriptures for that. So, you must make joy a priority. I know a pastor friend of mine who they both have both have now went to be with the Lord, but they pastored in San Antonio, Texas, for for you know uh, fifty years. Great church, you know, very mission minded. But he told me that both he and his wife, whenever they got out of bed, the first thing they did 
is they celebrated. I'm not saying that everybody is going to do it that way, but it worked throughout their life, and you would never see somebody that was more calm and more peaceful and, you know what I mean, and more assured in life because they tapped into the wellspring of joy. They used the bucket of joy to draw from and to be reminded. And isn't that what Jesus said to his disciples? You know what I mean? When they were celebrating about the mighty things that God had done, he said, I, I, you really need to go back, guys, and celebrate that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, we celebrate the good, but more than that, we celebrate God. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Yes. See, when you choose joy, it will show up every time. It will. Yes. That joy that's connected to the Holy Spirit, a gratitude of appreciation, is the highest emotion that you can go ahead and have your whole system connect to is being joyful. And once you've tasted of this joy, nothing else will satisfy it. In your presence is fullness of joy. Amen? Yes. The neat thing about this joy is that it translates to strength. It does not just simply translate to an expression or how you, you know, how your body is conveying it, though your body will convey it. There is an endowment of strength for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need joy as a weapon in your life because it is a protection against negative attitudes. It's a, it's a recovery. You recover through joy. David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He is interested in having a recovery that had taken place in his life his own personal failures. Or it doesn't have to be limited to personal failures. It could be disappointments. It could be many of those things that, you know, weigh on us. But joy, hallelujah, will translate to strength because you can't be with somebody who's strong and not get strength from them. Hallelujah. Now, all of a sudden, the strength of God, you know, just is contained in that bucket of joy. When you're joyful, you have a difficult time being negative. There's something about joy that takes sorrow, that takes those moments that are draining and they rejuvenate 
you. It says in Isaiah 35 and 10, the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I am not suggesting this morning that there are not times and periods and seasons where there is sorrow. Okay? But with God, he says there is limits to how long you stay in the valley of sorrow. Not because he's inconsiderate. Not because he doesn't feel. You know what I mean? But he wants to get you on to your future. And he does that by stimulating you and encouraging you uh, in his joy. Praise the Lord. Joy. The joy. It was the children of Israel. You know what I mean? It's Moses has died. And, you know, there is a great sorrow because he has been their hero for, you know, for 80 years. <laughs> you know, And so, or excuse me, 40 years. Yeah, 40 years is in da-da-da-da-da-da. Anyway. Anyhow, back up, down. Start right. <laughs> and they were sorrowing. And God says to them, you know, I think it was 40 days or something like that. And they sorrowed. And you Bible scholars, you know, don't hold me to this, okay? Because I didn't look it up. But he said, you sorrowed long enough. You sorrowed long enough. See, sorrow will hold you back from your tomorrows. Sorrow will hold you back from the divine future. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sorrow, you know what I mean? Yes, anyhow. Thank you, Lord. Someone has said, if love is the foundation of the kingdom, then joy is its currency. You need to spend some currency. Some joy. Isaiah 55, for you shall go out with joy. That's what God was saying about his people. You shall be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I don't know that those trees are out there doing this, but I believe that the attitude and the outlook and how you see things all of a sudden take on a dimension of everything's all right. Everything is good. Because God is good. And God's at work. Changing the circumstances that are bad into good. Joy helps you see possibilities. Joy helps you see the miracles that are just a step away. Why should I want to pursue and make joy my priority? Because darkness gets pushed away and back when you start engaging yourself in joy. Things that are locked up inside of you are unlocked when you start to make joy a priority.
joy. Yes. Hallelujah. It was joy that helped Jehoshaphat defeat these three different forces and kingdoms that were coming against him. He knew there was no match for it. Didn't make any difference how skillful they were. What, how great their army was. As he approached God on it, God gave him the key to the victory. And he says, get the singers together and let them begin to sing. Let the joy of the Lord begin to lead the procession. And when that happened, all of a sudden, supernatural things began to take place. Angelic hosts began to arrive on the scene. And you know, the enemy, he didn't even see them coming. They were everywhere. You know, and all of a sudden, the victory was seen and realized. Joy. Smile's a good way to start. Amen. Hallelujah. Because faith is really a celebration. A celebration of hope. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The assurance of things not seen. Joy is so powerful that the scripture says it's like a medicine. Now while laughter is just, you know, an expression of joy, it is joy that is giving the expression. Laughter is good like a medicine. Laugh a little bit. A merry heart. When you laugh a little, the pressures of life just seem to kind of, you know, subside. There's a rejuvenation that all of those things have taken out of you through the week. And all of a sudden they are restored. Our medical science tells us that people who laugh are 40% less likely to have a heart attack. Well, sounds like a good way to go for me (laughs) to escape a heart attack. It's a little more laughter. Oh, praise God. There's such a power in joy. Peter wrote that it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Don't wait for your circumstances to bring you joy. No. Make your own joy and let it act upon your circumstances. With joy you shall draw waters from the well of cell. Joy does not just happen, it must be cultivated. And thanksgiving is the key to the joy 
of the Lord. Restoring your joy. Amen. How do you do it? By using the law of the universe. Absolutely. It brings forth after its kind. The more joy that you nurture, the more joy is going to be coming forth. Too many people die. And by die, I'm not talking about natural death. But they die wandering. But I say, win or lose. Hallelujah. Tomorrow is my opportunity. Absolutely. Praise God. To have more joy, you must use joy. So many things here. The state of your heart is vital to your living and your life. For out of the heart are the issues of life. In Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence. Keep that part of joy in your heart. Don't let it escape. Don't let it, don't let it drain out. Don't let joy stealers. You may not be able to do anything about your circumstance, but you can do something about your joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Deliberately rejoice. Someone said this, and I share this with you this morning as my musicians come. Emotions are wonderful servants, but horrible masters. Wonderful servants. I mean, I love emotional people. You know, you ever see those people? They just, you know, they just square faced, flat faced, you know, they don't have any muscles in their face at all. <laughs> but, and you know, the scripture says that happy are the people whose God is. The Lord. Yes, we can choose to be joyful. And it'll begin to have an effect on the rest of our lives. So rather than waiting for your circumstances to change, start with the change of attitude. And mighty things will begin. Joy is found when we're Christ-centered, when God is our source of joy. Psalm 16 and 11 says, you will fill me with joy when I am with you. You will fill me with joy when I am 
with you. Let me give you a couple stepping stones in the river of joy. Simple, but I believe it starts here. Joy is Jesus, others, and you. When you put you first, that is not a good bucket for lasting joy. But Jesus, others, and you. As we make steps into this field and abundant joy. Another stone for joy is obedience. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in me. And he says, I've spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. Do your best at obeying God. Do your best to live in alignment with the Holy Spirit's prompting in your life because it'll be very challenging if you have a Holy Spirit that's grieved in you. Grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you have been sealed. See, it's not so much about your future, it's about your attitude right now. Now, this, this obedience to God is, it's not out of bounds. It's easier to obey God than it is to disobey Him. Whoa, Pastor. <laughs> That's what Jesus said to Paul on the road to Emmaus. Paul, he said, it's hard for you to go against me. You're wearing yourself out. You know, you're getting drained, man. It's a difficult task. Because when we just say yes to the Lord, it's all you got to do, start with, is saying yes. And let him begin to formulate and, and, and work it out. Just say yes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Yes. There is joy when you walk in truth. According to first, third John 1 and 4. Sometimes joy takes time. Joy takes time. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm not there yet. Now, it's taken some time. 
not sad, I'm not any of those things. But that David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Yes. God has a salvation for you. God has a salvation of expectation and anticipation. When I was a kid, it was a song that was popular. And it was so true. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah. I don't know if this was right here or not, but divulging too much, but you know, I was 31 before I got married. And I was 30 before I even found somebody, so, well, 29. And all those years, Clate, being 20 and 29, they were horrible. Come on, God, what's going on here? Seriously? I look around and everybody's getting married and everybody's got kids and everybody's got homes and everybody's got this and everybody's got that and all I got is me. Thank God he had my whole world in his hands. Yep. Enough said. your world God's got your world you didn't make it from A to B to C to D you know what I mean because you were so bright you make it because he is so good amen give the Lord a praise it's his goodness the thought that you came up with, the order that you, that was arranged for your day didn't come from your wisdom. It came from the almighty God. Hallelujah. In spite of the mistakes, the delays, they may interfere but they cannot bring the plan of God down. Stand with me this morning. Joy, the joy, the joy. God's committed to your joy this morning. And so as a church, as we go forward, it's not that we don't have joy. You know, it's not that we haven't practiced joy, but I believe that it's time to nurture more joy. I believe that we do that by being more joyful. I believe we do that by having greater hope and anticipation. And I believe we do it by getting in touch 
with the Holy Spirit who is full of joy. Amen? Hallelujah. Let us sing this morning, praise God, the joy. God says, don't weep. Don't be sad. Be joyful. Hallelujah. Be joyful. You know, church, it won't happen overnight because we're going to have to sometimes change the way and how we think. Absolutely. You've learned patterns of thinking. And you need to change them. Yes. You see, when you begin to engage in joy, you don't let your hearts be ruled by what you see. You let it be ruled by what God has promised. He said to the disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. Amen. Things are in trouble. He's going. He's out of here. Listen, guys, I'm leaving. But he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Let your hearts be joyful. Let your hearts be strengthened. Let your hearts, you know what I mean, be energized by the promise that I have made concerning you. Hallelujah. That's what I want to tell us this morning, church. I'm not saying that your circumstances are not troubling. But what I am telling you this morning, that there is a promise for every circumstance. Hallelujah. And he says, don't let trouble get a hold of your heart. Let the promise get a hold of your heart. Hallelujah. And trouble cannot stick around. Amen. Praise God. As you go. Amen. As you go. I gave you that sheet. Take it home. Read it regularly. Amen. Practice it. Practice it. Praise God. Amen. Stimulate yourself with it. And and watch joy show up all on its own. Go with God because he's going with you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.